I have something, and I say this very uh, soberly. I have I say this with reverence. I don't say this lightly. This is not a hyperbole. This is not a sales pitch. I mean this sincerely. I believe I have a message today from God to somebody. Um, we're going to use a familiar story in the scripture that once you hear the story, you're probably going to assume you know where and what I'll be talking about today. But if you would work with me for a few moments today, I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go. Even though the story that I will use from scripture is a very familiar one, I want to challenge you today if you would just set your preconceived uh, notions aside and just come today with fresh eyes. I, I sincerely believe this, that God wants to speak directly to somebody today, whether you're watching live or you've come back at a later date because someone told you to watch this. I believe if you would open up your heart to Jesus today, that he wants to speak into your life and he wants to give you hope today. Father, we thank you today. I thank you for the Father that we celebrate today. But Lord, I thank you first and foremost for being our Father, our Heavenly Father, our good Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. And Lord, I know today is a holiday and you said in your word, you know our frame, that it's but dust. And so you understand, Lord, that today a lot of us are distracted or we're weighed down. Or today we are working extra hard to suppress our emotions because today is too painful. But Lord, you see all that. You know all that. You know the end from the beginning. But Father, I believe you have spoken something into my heart today to share. Because I believe you know and see every single person that is watching today. You know where they are. You know where they are headed. You know what they need. Lord, you said even that the very hair of our head is numbered. And so, Father, you are a caring God. You're a God that knows everything about us. Even when it appears that you're an absent Father, you're an ever-present Father. So, Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus that you would speak today to us, that your word would penetrate our heart and life, that you would speak into us today for the hurting, for the hopeless, for the needy, for the wanderer, for the depressed, for the brokenhearted, for the prisoner. Father, that your word would speak into our heart today. I loose the power of your word I loose the anointing of your word. I loose that your word would penetrate even the hardest and darkest places of our heart. That light would shine into our hearts today. That you would be able to penetrate into our lives to bring hope and light, freedom, healing, deliverance. We speak all these things. We claim all these things, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. And in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Welcome again. If you're just joining us, welcome. Happy Father's Day. And uh, as always, I say this pretty much every week. I pray that somehow something that is said or something that is done challenges you or blesses you or encourages you. Or maybe in some ways, maybe corrects you into a better position and relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to share something with you today that God has spoken to me to share with someone today. I, I sit here every week and when I look at you, I can picture your face, but ultimately I'm staring at a camera. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't even know what you look like if I've never met you before. You may be watching from your living room. You may be watching on your phone. You may be simply listening without the picture on. And so I sit here today and I look at this camera and I can't see you. So what I speak today is not 
because I know your story. What I speak today is not because I'm sitting in the room and I can see who you are. I can see how you're dressed. I can see your body language and therefore I can surmise the kind of person you are. I don't know. I said all that to say because anything that's said here today is not by personal knowledge, but it is the desire of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and God himself to speak to your life. I'm going to use a story today that uh, is very familiar with all of us. And uh, if you've been around any kind of church setting at all for any period of time, you've probably heard this story. Or if you've never been to church at all or have no understanding of church or have no knowledge of the Bible, somewhere you've probably heard the term that gives title to this story. And so I said this earlier as a disclaimer. Let me say it one more time. For those of you that know the story, don't assume you know where I'm going. There's a lot of you out there, as soon as you know what the story is, you're just going to jump ship and go, okay, well, I know where he's going, so let's go out and have a burger. Or time to go do something else. Hold your horses, you're going to miss it. So, in order to share with you the story, I'm not going to read it out of Scripture. I'm going to actually let Jesus tell you the story in his own words. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there, wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave to him When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I will go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came unto his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. What a powerful story. A story that's been told many, many times. A story that has so many meanings to it. Such a beautiful story of a path back home. A story of redemption, 
We call it the prodigal son. It's the story of the boy who gets the inheritance and leaves and comes back. But uh, really, there are so many layers to this story. And uh, I want to challenge you today before you think you know where I'm going. I want to talk to you for a moment about the road ahead. You see, for all of us, there's a road in front of us. There's something in front of us that doesn't have an endpoint, or maybe there's an endpoint, but it's unseen. And for all of us today, we have to make a choice on what we're going to do with the road ahead. You see, the story that we just read has sort of three main characters in it. We obviously have the son who takes his inheritance and goes out and lives the crazy life and then comes back home and uh, we know that basically he wastes it all and he, uh, he ends up in such a terrible place. The other antagonist of the story is the elder brother. For today, we're not going to get into that side of the story. You can go back and you can read it if you choose to do so. The attitude of the elder brother and how the elder brother struggled with all the events that took place. But that's something else for another day. But then you have this other character in scripture in the in the story that plays a massive role in the entire script and how the story plays out, and that's the role of the father. Uh, there's some things about this story that really, when you begin to dive into it, that really jump out at you. And so for today, we're going to look at a couple of the main points of this story and a couple of main characters, but not from the angle that maybe you think. Yes, this story is about redemption. This is a story about there's always a place to come home to. And that is true. And there is a part of that we'll discuss here in just a moment, but there's something more universal to this story. I think sometimes when we limit scripture and we limit parables to only one simple contents, we miss the broader and more powerful meaning that comes from this. Yes, there is a part of the story that is very much relatable to any of us who have found ourselves at low points in our life. And to know that there's always hope, no matter where you are, no matter where you come from, there's hope. There's something to be said about that end of story. And I've talked about that, preached about it many, many times. And that is an important part. But again, I think the message here is more universal to all of us. Because you see, the young man, which is usually the focus of the story to all of us, is very relatable. Usually when you talk about the father or the elder brother, you talk about it from a third person perspective. It's the father. It's that distant character. It's the elder brother. That's not me, but I know people like that. But we kind of associate ourselves or we kind to find commonality with the prodigal son because we all to some degree can relate to part of the story. Now maybe you've never squandered your inheritance. Maybe you've never uh, found yourself uh, to the point where he was. But there's something to be said about there's a relatability to him. We understand more about kind of how he feels. We see it. And when you dive into the story, sort of the, clump, the, 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 the hinge of the entire story comes to one particular climatic moment. And that moment is found when the son has wasted everything and he finds himself in the worst conditions imaginable. Finds himself in a pig pen. I wanted today, and I could not find a place to do it, my desire today was to teach or to share this with you actually from a real live pig pen. I made several phone calls attempting to find a pig pen in order to record this today so you could see me from a pig pen to kind of produce the imagery of what I was trying to talk about. Apparently, pig pens are a lot harder to find in the state of Maryland than I thought they would be. And those of you that know a little bit about me know I'm crazy enough to do it. 
But honestly, the story today isn't about necessarily the pig pen, even though that's a part of where we're at today. And just for a moment, I want to take you, even though I can't take you into a real pig pen, I want to take you into the image of one. Take a look at that for a moment. Now, I know all of you out there, this is a man's holiday, right? This is Father's Day. When you see a pig, you see bacon. And according to a lot of you, everything tastes better with bacon. But look at that picture for a moment. Is there anything about this image here that is in any way appealing to you? Is there anything about this image that feels comfortable to you, at home to you. Know that this image really represents filth. It's Maybe if you're a farmer, you can find some kind of beauty in this image, but for most of us, we don't look at this image with any kind of uh, fondness or reverence. Even for you bacon lovers out there, come on, you can't look at that and feel like you're ready to go tear up some bacon. That image there really speaks of filth, kind of speaks of a place you don't want to find yourself in. Now take that image. Could you imagine that being the place you live, the place that you are in? I have had in my lifetime through travel stayed in some very interesting places. I've stayed in places that weren't the nicest, that weren't the cleanest, that weren't the safest. But in any place I've ever been would feel as if it is the nicest hotel in the world compared to the image of that pig pen. I kind of think to myself for a moment, if, if you would allow us to go, to go into that and you would allow your imagination to take you there for a moment, one thing the picture can't convey is the smell. Can't imagine the smell that is coming from that pig pen, that pig sty. Can't imagine how the filth alone would reek. But I can't imagine that's where I live. That's sort of the point by which I found myself in. And then to the, get to the point of desperation so much that when I look at this image, I start to participate in the same thing as the pig. I start to eat the same thing he's eating, drink the same water he's drinking. In a little bit today, many of you may share a Father's Day brunch. Maybe you'll go out to lunch. Maybe you'll spend some time eating today. But if I put you in the middle of that pig pen today and gave you a plate of food, 99% of you would lose your appetite me included because that's not a place we want to live that's not a place we want to stay it's not a place we want to find ourselves in it's just horrible a lot of us today have found ourselves in positions and places we never imagined we'd end up we scripted out our life when we were younger or we dreamed about our future when we were growing up or in high school or in college or, or we just got married. We dreamed of the happy wife and the happy husband and the wonderful kids or we dreamed of the job that would take us to the high places or we dreamed about a better life, a better job, advancing ourselves. But yet today when we find ourselves in life, we don't find ourselves at the top we feel like instead of progressing, we've actually taken steps back. For every step forward is accompanied by two or three steps back. And so today, we don't really feel like we're on top of the world. We feel a lot more like that pig pen. Yeah, I know you've maybe had worse days than you have today. Maybe there's times in your life that you found yourself at lower moments, but you find yourself more in the pig pen than you do in the palace. You relate more to the life of slop and smell and stink than you ever do of luxury, fine dining and linen and silverware. That's why the prodigal son is so relatable to all of us because for most of us, we relate more to the low points than we do to the peaks. There's more commonality in the valley than there is on the experiences that are found 
on the mountaintops of life. And so when we read the story of the prodigal son, we read it with the understanding that I feel more like a pig pen existence than I ever have feeling like I was living in the palace. Maybe that's because of mistakes I've made along the way. A lot of us deal with shame. A lot of us deal with things and regrets we've done, the things that we have sort of, you know, I deserve this or this is a part of me. I've done this to myself. And so we've accepted the pig pen as sort of our lot in life because of who we are. And that's just where we live. Because again, that's just sort of I've screwed up and therefore I have kind of made my bed and I'm forced to lay in it. But there's some of you out there that you didn't make the mistakes. You didn't cause these things, but you were born here or maybe life pushed you here or maybe abuse or hurt or pain or disappointment or society or the color of your skin or your nationality pushed you to a pig pen existence. Maybe... You've never been given a fair chance. Before someone sees you, they judge you because of your skin color. They judge you because of your economics. Or they judge you because of your education or lack thereof. Or they judge you because you're not from here. And so you find yourself more in a pig pen mentality. And you see, a pig pen mentality is a mentality of survival. And at the core of humanity, we are a survivalist. We really would love to have the life of luxury where we live to wine and dine and to live in pure utopic existence, but we are at our core built to survive. If you don't believe that, just try not to eat or drink today. Just give yourself a few more hours without eating or drinking and then your body will actually begin to send off signals that, hey, I want to survive. You're going to start to feel hungry and thirsty to the point you're going to get where you're not going to really be picky about what you eat this afternoon because your body's telling you, I don't care what you put in here. I'm hungry, and if you don't feed me, I won't survive. Or maybe you'll experience a, a, a situation a day of danger and, and instinctively things take over. Adrenaline kicks in because there's this need to survive. There's relationships that we cut off. There's risks that we take or there's things that we do to pull back that all go back to this core of survival. On one side of this story, I, I can't even imagine being to the point of participating in eating the dinner with the pigs. I can't imagine being at a low point where I'm actually willing to eat the same junk that they're eating. But I know that you can get to a point where you're so low and you're so distraught and you've come to the end that you just are trying to make it one more minute. And you find yourself in this moment. And so on one end of this story, we have the picture of the prodigal. The relatable picture of sort of where we are, our current existence. Now, maybe you don't feel like you're in a pig pen today. Maybe your life's not quite that way. Or maybe you've had other moments in life that were worse. So that is more of a pig pen. Today's not. Maybe you're hanging on the fence, the pig pen. Maybe you're not in the pig pen, but at least hanging out on the farm. Okay. You may not be in the pig pen today, but you're not so far away, but that you've left the farm. You're one step away, you're one moment away, you're one call away, you're one relationship away from getting back in that pig pen. So before you tune me out and say, well, I'm not really in a pig pen today. My life's pretty good. Yeah, honey, you may not be in a pig pen, but you're still hanging out on the farm. Old McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had you, E-I-E-I-O. So maybe not pig pen today, but on the other side, you're still hanging out on the farm. So we have that mentality. That's sort of us looking at our current state. But you see, while that's taking place, there's another viewpoint. And that viewpoint was the one of the father. That every day he would get up and he would look down the road, off into the distance. 
He would stare for hours into the void of emptiness, waiting, hoping, believing. He wasn't sitting there dismissive. He didn't send a servant, but the father every day would sit at the road. The father would look down the road, looking and waiting. You see, while that was going on, all the prodigal could see was where he was. That's all he could see. He didn't know the father enough to know what the father was doing. All he could see was that, whereas all the father wanted to look for was a moment where he could see that little peak of a head cropping over the horizon. The opportunity. You see, I'm not trying to give you theory today. I'm not trying to give you pie in the sky. I'm trying to say, I'd like to take a moment, if I could, for five minutes and introduce you to the Father. You see, there's a Father that's not like your Father. That's not like my Father. That's not really like any of the fathers we know. In fact, the Bible is so clear on that, that the Bible gives us examples of how he is so different than our Father. In fact, he said one day that if you ask for a egg, would you give a scorpion? He said, if you ask for one thing, would you give something worse in return? And he said this, if you... Being evil, know how to give good gifts. How much more can your heavenly Father give to those who ask? You see, we, we have a heavenly Father who's the epitome of love. In fact, His definition of existence is love. We have a Father whose existence is one of hope. We've painted an image of God based on our earthly experiences of a God who simply isn't staring down the road, but is actually sitting and plotting how to punish us because of what we are and where we are. You see, if the Father would play out in this story like we imagine the Father to be in our natural life, He would not be getting up every day looking down the empty road. He wouldn't be waking up every day with this image. He would be more than likely getting up every day either doing two things. Number one, completely ignoring the fact that his son is out there and going about his business as if his son's there. And some of you have know what that feels like. You know what it's like to be abandoned by your father. You know what it's like to be abandoned by life. You know what it's like to have no one that cares. So when you see the image of the father from your pig pen, you see the father that is not there. He doesn't care. He's left you. Whether you're in the pig pit or not, it doesn't matter to him. You're an afterthought. And so now you feel alone, hopeless. The only companions you have are the other pigs in your slop. Or there's another side to this that when you look at the Father, you, you know that He's a good guy, but He's only a good guy to those who did it all right and those who stayed in the house. And I'm sure my older brother's living it up because he stayed there and I'm the one that messed it up. So I'm sure Dad would still do great things for him, but, you know, I've already messed it up. So we have this image of our Heavenly Father as if someone who's up there keeping score and our score sheet is so messed up now, what's the point? So I can't even ask him for help in my pig pen. I can't even look at the road ahead because the road ahead to me is pointless because if I get there, I won't really be accepted because I've made too many mistakes. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. But if we really knew what was at the end of the road, really the story of the prodigal son is not really the story of mistakes. It's not really the story of the elder brother, even though both of the boys play a major role. And in fact, I will challenge you with this. In some ways, I don't even think the story of the prodigal son is about the father. 
Are these important facts? Absolutely. Can you talk about these things? Yes, we can talk about the prodigal we just did for a few minutes. We can talk about the elder brother and his attitude, which we didn't talk about today, but you can go back and read it. We can talk about the father and his, who he is and what he's not. But to me, the real character, the real plot of the prodigal son is the road. The road to me is the major character of the story because the road represents possibility, but the road represents a chance for me to leave where I'm at to go to where I need to go. It represents transition. It represents change. It represents hope. It represents hopelessness. It represents faith, but it also represents fear. It represents change, but it also represents staying the same. You see, the road to me is everything. Because you see the conversation that the prodigal had within himself where he said, at least if I go home, my father's servants have it better than me. So at least if I go there, my father won't take me back, but at least if I'm hired on as a servant, that at least I'll have better than this. I wonder how many days and nights he spent in that pig pen arguing with himself over this very fact. He obviously would have had to have been in that pig pen long enough to get to the point of desperation that he decided to eat with the pigs. So my suggestion there, he wasn't there only a night or two, that he had been there for a few more nights than that because he was hungry enough that he was willing to eat what they were eating. So we see this sort of moment, this play out with this situation, and he begins to have this argument with himself about his father's opinion of him and maybe his sort of existence in life that he'll never be able to be anything else, but at least he'll be able to be better than what he is. And I, I'll never be able to get back to the house, but at least maybe I can get a bigger, better pig pen. And you see, that's where most of us live. We're not looking for anything more than just a better pig pen. My job is terrible, but I'll get a better job. It's not going to be great, but it's a better pig pen at least. I don't like my husband. I don't like my wife. I'll go change, even though I know it's just going to be a better pig pen. I'll move away from this state to another state, but really it's just a better pig pen because we really have no, no hope of anything ever changing. We just look for better pig pens. And so we go from an existence of pig pen to pig pen to pig pen to pig pen, and life is full of pig pens, and we, we put things and we decorate them and we make them look better, but in the end, as they say, you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You can spruce up a pig pen, but it's still a pig pen, and that's what we do. We live from pig pen to pig pen. But I thought up that this is what the Lord began to share with me, and this was really, for the last 10 minutes, really what I want to challenge you with, and this is what the message God came to deliver to you today. How would it have changed his actions if he would have known what was waiting for him at the other end of that road? The first night that he found himself in that pig pen, sitting there wondering, how did I end up here? How did my life turn out this way? What, have I, what mess have I made? I wonder if he knew that very moment sitting on the front porch, waiting, hoping, filled with love, filled with forgiveness, was the father sitting out there. Dad, time to go to bed. I can't come to bed yet. Why? I'm waiting for my son to come home. Daddy's never coming home. He, 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 you, he took all the money. He's having way too much fun. No, my boy's going to come home. And I want him to come home because I can't wait for him to come home so I can give him a hug. But dad, what if he comes home and he's not the same guy? You don't, you don't care. You see, I don't see him for who he is. I see him for who I know him to be. But dad, what if he comes home and he's wasted all the money? It never was about money with me. It's all about my boy. I want to see my boy. 
I wonder if the prodigal that very night knew that that was the attitude of the dad sitting, that he would have looked differently at the road ahead. Would the road he was looking at be a journey of shame, a journey of heartache, a journey to relive the mistakes? Or would he have got up out of that pig pen and said, Dad, I'm coming home. And every step on the road ahead was not a step of pain and a step of shame, but every step he took was a step of faith, a step of hope, and a step of healing. You see, when you recognize what's on the other end of the road, it changes the steps you're taking on your current road. My God, my God, my God. I wish I had somebody somewhere around me today that would just say amen to that. If you understand what's on the other end of the road, you change your perspective of what the journey on the road is about. That every step is not a step of doubt, not a step of fear, not a step of shame, not a step of hurt, not a step of bondage, but every step you take is a step of healing, a step of faith, a step of hope, a step of healing, a step of deliverance, a step of freedom. How does it change? It changes because I recognize who is on the other end of the road. I've come to tell somebody today that the road that you're looking at or the road you've been staring at or the road ahead, whatever it is, whether it's a road of healing, whether it's a road of, of forgiveness, whether it's a road of freedom, whether it's a road of redemption, whether it's a road out of your shame, whether it's a road out of your past, whatever the road ahead of you is that you've sat there and you've stared down that empty road every day of your life going, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can go down that road. I know, forgive me for being a little animated today, and, and but I'm passionate because I can feel the love of the Father. He's on the other end of that road. You can't see Him yet. You can't, you don't know He's there, but I'm telling you today, God came to me sent me today, even though I'm not there in person with you. But he's come to tell you today that he's on the other end of that road. And because he's on the other end of that road, you can have hope and you can have faith today that every step you take is one step closer to the Father. I love the picture we get in this story that the Bible says when he saw him from a far way off, he ran to him. This became one of the most controversial interpretations in all of Scripture because later on when they were trying to interpret the word used here for ran or hastened, they struggled to interpret it because in that society, the patriarch, the main one of the house, never ran. To run was a sign of weakness. To run was a subordinate thing. The father of the house never ran. And so when Jesus is sitting around the table telling the story, and he says the father ran, he wasn't just giving a story of passion. Oh, I would run to my son. We can relate to that. We know what it's like to run after somebody, embrace them. We haven't seen them in so long. But for them, running was... Degrading to the father. Running wasn't the father they would know. Their fathers had never run after them. Their fathers would have never left the porch. If those men and women sitting around that table that day heard that story and they heard about the father, they would have pictured their father at the other end of the road sitting there waiting for them to show up. But Jesus wanted to convey to them that I'm not like your father and I'm not like any other father you know because your father would stay on the porch but I'm the type of father that's going to come running after you. Jesus is trying to tell you today, he's not like your earthly father. Your earthly father may have stayed on the porch. Your earthly father may have left the porch. Your earthly father may have sold the house. But he wanted to tell those people that day, I'm not like your father. In fact, I'm going to do something your father would never do. If your father did this, he would be laughed at, scoffed at, shamed. But I'm not like your father. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
You see, the same father that told this story was the same father that humbled himself and came robed in flesh and put himself on a cross to die for our sins. That's who's at the other end of the road. Life, society, Satan wants to tell us that the dad on the other end of that road or the God on the other end of that road or what's waiting for us on the end of that road is going to be the same pig pen we're in. So what's the point? Why leave this place to journey to another pig pen? I'm tired of leaving one pig pen to another. You see, that's all he was trying to do. He hated the pig pen he was in, but he said, at least my father's pig pen is better. At least my father's pig pen has got some better amenities to it. But that's all I'm going to do. I'm trading one pig pen for another. You see, that's all you want to do today. So when you look at a road and you're sitting in your pig pen, you're looking at the other end of that road going, well, maybe I'll just find a better pig pen. But you know what? When you've moved from pig pen to pig pen long enough, you kind of get tired of pig pens and you just exist and say, well, I'm a pig pen kind of person. So when you talk about faith, healing, deliverance, hope, none of that rings true to you because you don't know what's waiting at the end of that road. All you see is another pig pen. But the road ahead today, my friend, if the prodigal would have known what the father was doing, how long would it have taken him to get up out of that pig pen? If he would have known what the father was doing, I don't even know if he would have even accepted one minute in the pig pen. When that man said to him, look, I've got a pig pen you can stay in, he'd have gone, no, I'm going home because my dad's standing there waiting for me and he's going to give me a hug and embrace me and he's going to put a robe around me and he's going to put a ring on me. He's going to put shoes on my feet. That's the kind of father I have and I'm not staying here when I've got a good father that's waiting for me. But because he didn't know what was up the other end of that road, the road ahead was a road of hopelessness, fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, pain, heartache, abandonment. Or worse than that, the road ahead was just the same. It's just the same old, same old. Yeah, I'll step out on faith and walk, but I'm not really going to get anywhere because it's going to be the same road. But I've come today with the passion of Jesus Christ in me. This is not me getting passionate. I can feel the love of Christ reaching down your road today. He's reaching down that empty road and he's calling and he's saying, if you knew what was on the other end of that road, would it change the way you are right now? How many of you, if you knew what was other, actually on the other end of that road, would you change your actions this moment? The reason why you stay where you are is because you don't know what's on the other end of the road. The reason why you haven't moved from where you've, you are for years or maybe you've just accepted where you are and that's the way it is is because you don't know what's on the other end of that road. But I've come today to show you there's something on the other end of that road that's waiting for you that you don't even realize is there. And if you could see that today, it's going to change the way you are on the road you're facing, whatever that road is. It's a road of healing, a road of redemption, a road of freedom, a road of deliverance, a road out of your past, a road away from your hurt, a road away from your abuse, a road away from your abandonment, a road away from the mistakes you've made, the road ahead. The road ahead to you may not represent anything today, but if you know what's on the other end of that road... It would change everything today because you know every step you take is one step closer to what's at the other end of that road. If that boy would have known who was on the end of that road, he wouldn't have walked back. He wouldn't have crawled back. He would have sprinted back. He would have ran because he knew every step I take is one step closer to get it back to my father. 
He would have, every step would have been a step closer to the Father. One step closer, two steps closer, three steps closer, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They say a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. It doesn't matter if you're one or a thousand miles away. You know that if the Father is at the end of the road, every step is one step closer. You won't get tired. You won't stop for breaks. You won't stop along the road to see the sights. You won't worry about who's around you. You won't worry about what may come your way. All you care about is it doesn't doesn't matter if it's rain, sleet, or hail. I'm going through it because at the other end is my father. He's on the other end of the road. The father's on the other end of the road today. There's a road ahead. You can see it. It doesn't look like there's anything ahead of you. But if you'd start stepping out on faith today, if you would start putting one foot in front of the other, I'm telling you, there's something on the other end of that road. If you would just allow yourself to realize that on the other end of that road, there's something of hope. Every step you take along the path you're on, along that path of healing, is another step closer to the Father that's on the other end of that road. You see, when you're a long way off, you just seem like you're just a dust speck from God. He already sees you coming. He already sees you. He sees you before you see him. Because he's waiting and watching. He's looking for you. So before you can see him, he already sees you. He sees you right now. The journey may be filled with peril. It may have journey that's going to require some walks but if you would look ahead no you can't see it yet no you can't know it's there yet but start walking start walking because on the other end of that road there's a father start walking because on the other end of the road there's a father waiting for you every step you take is one step closer to the father every step you take is one step closer to the father yeah, there may be some perils along the way. The journey may not be easy. The journey may require some sacrifice. But every step you take is getting you closer to the Father that's on the other end of that path. I'm telling you today, the path you're on may look like it's leading you to another pig pen. But the path you're on, every step you take is a step that's bringing you closer to the Father. It's bringing you closer to the Father. So take a step today of faith. Take a step of healing. You don't have to live in the pig pen. You don't have to keep the pig pen existence. You might have to bring some baggage back with you, but you've got a God that's able to take that baggage. You might be carrying a suitcase filled with hurt and pain and difficulty and disappointment, and you might be dragging that with you. You might be burdened down today with your past, but keep walking. Keep walking. You may not see the Father yet, but He can see you. You may not see the Father yet, but I'm telling you, my friend, He can see you. Just walk. Just step. Take a step today. Take a step today. One step. Two steps. Three steps. Four. Take a step today. Because there's a father at the other end of the road. There's a loving, forgiving, healing father at the other end of that road. And the moment that you take a step. You don't realize for every step you take towards him, he takes two steps towards you. He'll start running towards you before you even know he's there. I always love the fact when people say, I found God. No. God, God really came and found me. God's always been there. But the Bible says he loved me so much that he came. He didn't want me to come to him. He came to me. So that road ahead looks so insurmountable. Looks like a road of fear. Looks like a worry, doubt. I'm telling you today, 
there's a road ahead. Father, by your grace today, I have done everything I know to do in obedience to your voice in my heart to convey. I have felt your passion. I have felt your love. I have felt the pull of your spirit reaching and tugging, calling out to those today that find themselves at the other end of the road, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by shame, paralyzed by hurt, paralyzed by life, paralyzed by their skin, paralyzed by their culture, paralyzed by their nationality. They can't move. They can't go anywhere because they just assume that life is going to be the same. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak faith to rise in our hearts today. I loose the power of faith to move in our hearts today. I loose the spirit of revelation upon our eyes today that we can see that you're on the other end of the road. That you are on the other end of the road. And God, if you're there, that every step I take is a step of faith and healing. So Father, by the power of your name, I speak that you would show us today the Father. Show us who you are. And that we would be filled with hope. We would be filled with faith. We would be filled with deliverance and healing. Can I, can I compel you today in the power of the Holy Ghost? Would you please, whatever you have to do, I don't know what it means for you, but would you just start taking that road back? Because there's a father at the other end. Maybe that road starts with a prayer today. Maybe that road starts with you closing your eyes and just saying, Jesus, here I am. Here I am. I've got baggage and shame and hurt and failure and mistakes, but God, I'm coming down the road today. I'm coming down the road today. I'm taking a step down the road because I know you're at the other end of the road. Whatever that means to you today, whatever comes to your mind, maybe it's an action. Maybe it's something you need to do. Maybe it's the decision you need to make. Whatever it is, can I tell you today, would you look at the road ahead and would you go to the Father at the other end of that road? Whatever it takes today, whatever's happening in your life, today is the day you can start your way down the road. Don't look at the road anymore as a road of, of hopelessness, as a road of pain and fear, or the road that's going to lead you to the same place you've been. Because if you knew what was at the other end of that road, you would change the way you are right now. You would put your hands in the air and say, good God, I see it. You're at the other end of the road, and God, I don't know how to get there, and I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm coming, Father, because I know every step I take is one step closer to you. Would you pray that prayer today? Would you close your eyes and call out to Jesus today? Because every step you take, he's calling and looking at you, and he'll see you before you see him because he's waiting at the other end of the road. All you've got to do is just make a decision today what you're going to do about it. In Jesus' name.